Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. In order to survive your future, you must prepare the past. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? I'm good, and I'm tidying up my Spacewalker American Belgo. Mm. Great Lakes Brewing Co., 8.2 APV. It's been doing me good all day. Is it good? I mean, is it... Yeah, it's actually very tasty. I'm going like light touch after a heavy-handed weekend. Are you drinking out of the bottle or out of the glass? Always out of a glass. Always. I have uh, a, always. I have a rogue dead guy ale glass that my wife conveniently stole from a bar for me. That's not nice. <laughs> but I would have done the same. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm drinking water. That's that's it. I, I had nothing. I have nothing today. Uh, if you guys have questions, of course, you know where to email us. Listen, moneymatters at gmail.com. And send us in catchphrases. This catchphrase today is, in order to survive your future, you must prepare the past. That was sent in by our good buddy. Who do you think? Mr. Daniel Merle. There you go. Uh, at at uh, the Duke uh, Daniel. Uh. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, we have a guest on our show today because we're going to talk a little bit about scholarships and grants and how to apply for them. We have Shanice Miller on the line, and she has a website called DebtFreeCollegeGrad.com where she offers 60-minute consultations telling people exactly where to find scholarships and grants. So let's say hello to Shanice. How are you? I'm fine, Matt. How are you? Very hey, Andrew. Good. Hey. Are you drinking anything? No, not at the moment. <laughs> not at the moment. All right, that's good. At least some at some point there will be drinking going on, but probably water or something a little bit more fun. Definitely. Excellent. So, all right, let's let's get down to brass tacks. Scholarships. You offer consulta- consultations to people. Uh, I want to know what you know if you're if you're going into college. If you're, or you haven't gotten into college yet, where's the first place you should start applying for scholarships? Really, I love it when people are starting thinking about scholarships their junior year and soon as they get in their senior year of high school. So right now is really the time to start with the scholarship search. And really with that, you just really have to think about the things that you like to do. And that's why the, the scholarship consultations are personalized to everyone, just because I tell one person to look one place doesn't mean that I will tell you to look the same area Mm -hmm. um, because it's all dependent on what you have to bring. And just for an example for that, I had a student who called me um, actually yesterday. We did a consultation and she actually had a 2.0. She was currently in college. So some of the places that I told her that she probably needed to look was at a prior internship that she went to um, talk to them because she, that's something she was passionate about. She did well on the job. It wouldn't quite be some of the academic scholarships since her GPA was the 2.0. She might go and look into more essay scholarships. Oh. So it, it really just really depends on the person or another person that has some of the higher j- grades that was in um, high school currently. I told him that he could start looking at his guidance counselor's office or the career center because those places will have the best ones for him. And this, but is in, also, this is in high school or no? In high school. Okay. Yes, in high school. So it just, it really depends on each person's particular instance. And that's why I just really want to give you two complete polar opposites so that you can see someone who has a lower GPA or SAT scores can still win scholarships uh, despite what everybody believes. 
as right. well as somebody that has a higher one. You just might look in different places or you might have to kind of go through them, go through the eligibility requirements to really see which ones will resonate well with you and can fit with you and what you have to offer. Now, you say junior year is a good time to start looking, but is there a time of the year that's better than most? I say now. You say right it, now. <laughs> no matter when, it's now. Um, well, actually, this time of the year, so like the fall, because a lot of the deadlines, scholarships do go on a rolling basis, but a lot of the deadlines are targeted for like the spring. So some scholarships might tell you January, but a lot of scholarships will say they have a deadline around the March, April and February time. So you really don't want to miss those deadlines. When you start searching now, you give yourself enough time to really look and fill out the application, make it a strong application too. It's one thing to find the scholarships, but it's a whole nother thing for you to actually fill out the application. Mm-hmm. I was I was uh, going to ask, like, how much work is generally involved in these things? Is it like applying to college, we have to write like an essay yeah. and all this crazy stuff? You do. Um, it is a good amount of work, but just think about different things. Like one thing I really show all of my clients is how they can take one essay and use it for multiple scholarship applications. So that's a huge. Oh, time that's a good saver. idea. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. That, yeah. And I mean, we just do really minor tweaks to the essay, but I show them how they can really do that with it. And I mean, with your college applications, you're doing the same thing. I showed some students how they could t- how they were able to take their college admissions essay and apply it to scholarships or their personal statements. So I really try to work with the student, try to see exactly kind of how much determination they have, how much they want to put forth. And if you don't want to put forth any effort, I was a lazy student. I didn't really want to fill out all those scholarship applications. Sure. I took one essay that I had and I used it for three different scholarship applications and my personal statement for my school. So, <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I just kept reusing the same material that I have. And I try to show students it doesn't have to be as much work as you think it is. Um, and another thing, too, like a lot of students think that, oh, okay, I'd rather just go work a job. How many hours are you actually working to get to the same amount of money that you would get from winning one scholarship? So That's say, a good point. Yeah. Well, An essay might only take a few hours. Exactly. So a scholarship is usually anywhere. A low scholarship um, might be a full award might be $500. But usually they're on average, the scholarship awards I show my clients how to get, they're about $2,000, $1,000. Each one ranges, but they're usually around that $2,000 range per scholarship. So if you spend about three hours trying to craft the first application together, then, you know, that's no time at all. And after, like I said, a lot of the questions repeat um, a lot of the things they ask you on their repeat. So when you, the more that you do, the less work it's that you have to do for each one that you do after the first one. So you were saying that you could reuse some of these essays. Are are most of the scholarships like open topics, where it's just like show us that you can write and and are intelligent? Is that kind of how it goes? They're not open topics. Um, some of them might be. A lot of them will ask you specific questions. Like some of the questions might be what will ensure you, what characteristics do you possess to ensure you college success? Now, and that's why I said I just show people exactly how they can take certain essays so they might take all the body paragraphs out of one essay and show them how they can kind of flip it and use it for that one. So it might be two completely different topics, but I show them that you can still use a lot of the meat that you have in this essay Mm. to use towards that essay. And I, you know, it's just a whole different way of thinking. If you just change your perspective on certain things, 
then you can kind of find a lot of ways around what you're doing. So I actually helped one student, um, I think they were supposed to be talking about this one essay was on community service and, you know, how the community service impact this particular student and impact the others that they helped. But we were taking an essay from the college admissions and trying to change it over to them talking about their background story. So I really had to kind of do a little bit of shift work, you know, teaching them exactly, okay, what can you take out of this? Because in both of the essays, we were using characteristics that the person possessed. Mm. So that was our kind of like our main focal point, our theme that we would use in the essays to really make it link and correlate to the new essay, to the new prompt that they asked us to talk about. Right. And now you're you're talking about, you're, you're using the word scholarships, right? But what about grants? Are there, When you use the word scholarships, are you using that interchangeably? Are they the same process? So scholarships and grants are the same in the way that it's money that you don't have to pay back. Okay. But grants, usually you will kind of apply using the FAFSA form. So they're usually more need-based. And then scholarships can be merit-based or based on your achievements, your talents, your abilities. So need-based scholarships are essentially if your parents make a lot of money or they make a little bit of money. If they make a little bit of money, then you can qualify for some of these need-based scholarships. And those will be through the grant. So right. automatic type of scholarships. But the other scholarships are the merit scholarships, which are based all on your achievements, your academics, your athletic abilities, your talents, your gifts. So if your parents make, say, more than $70,000, $80,000 a year, then you would go towards focusing on the merit scholarships. That's why this mm -hmm. is kind of tricky to when people just ask me, so where should I go? I'm like, it always depends on you, your particular strengths and what you are coming up with to the table. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like there's actually quite a lot of opportunities for this, but I, I know when I was in high school, I knew very little about, and I still know very little about this stuff. Where can I go to find, like, uh, I don't know, a master list or just, yeah. Because I mean, it sounds like a numbers game. You have to just keep applying. Well, it just, it really depends on the scholarships that you get. A lot of people will think that it's a numbers game because they apply for the big advertised scholarships like the Coca-Cola scholarship, the Gates Millennial Scholarship, the Essence Scholarship. All those scholarships are heavily publicized and they're open to everyone in the nation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like trying to put your number in the lottery. So, of course, right. when you, you're doing it like that, you have to have, like, a stellar application package. They're asking you for, like, eight essays. And I don't encourage people to really do that because it's a lot of work. And then you don't really know how the turnout's going to be. But I'm sure it's, a, like, a big bang for your buck. I'm sure of these bigger ones. Of course it's a ones, big bang. Right, right. But it's just, like, you have to get to that big bang in order to do that. Rather than, say, if you won a lot of smaller scholarships, like the local ones that I talk about where they're more so 2000 maybe 5000 maybe $1,000, Yeah, you can get a lot more of those and hear back a lot easier um, than if you're trying to go after some of the national ones just because the local scholarships are only open to the people that are in your city, your state, at your school. So it's very a small amount of people applying. And like you said, it's kind of hard to find some of the scholarships. So at times there have been only two people applying. So then you're one of two or there might be, 
you know, only a small handful of people that are actually applying for these awards. Well, why is it so hard to find these things? I mean, as Andrea asked, uh, is there a master list online where you can get, you know, maybe you can type in your zip code and get all the local ones or, you know, and, and also the big guys. Like, is there a master place for this or is it a, me- a matter of going on Google and literally trying to, you know, search your heart out for these things or asking? I don't mean I don't know what the process is of finding where these scholarships are being are, that they even exist. OK, Matt, good question. Yes. Um, like I said, I like to stick to the local ones. So definitely go to your guidance counselor at your school. If you're in high school, ask them. A lot of times they start putting them on the websites now. So they might just point you to the website. On the school's websites? Yeah, on the school's websites. Um, but the thing about it is that the local ones are so hard to find because a lot of times they're not publicized. Mm-hmm. They might just submit like one of their applications to a couple of the local schools in the areas, but it's not like the big ones. When you search for anything on Google, whatever's most popular is going to come up first. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if you're looking for like a small scholarship fund, they're not advertising on Google. They're not doing any SEO or anything that's going to really kind of put them on the first page of Google. Right. And sometimes these scholarship funds don't even have a website. So Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> thinking like a local chair, like a local golf charity uh, sets up a scholarship fund because maybe somebody in their family had passed away and they do the yes. scholarship. Like that, those are the ones that. I hear about because I'm at that event, but mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just sitting there as a student and I don't know that exists. And maybe no, a lot of names- students go to these beef and beers or whatever they are. <laughs> Matt, you are on it. People <laughs> have to, you have to ask people around. You have to ask. Um, and that's why I say it's all about your strengths. So say if a student, like you said, you're in the golf area. So say a student was really interested in golf. I tell them they need to go to whoever is their golfing coach or golfing instructor Go to people who are in that realm and ask them if they know of any scholarships. Right. It seems like it might be a lot, but if you're thinking about your odds of winning one in the lottery versus trying to do one in what somebody, no one else is going to do one in five, then your application is going to be a lot stronger. Your odds of winning are going to be a lot stronger. Well, yeah, it's, I, I, I equate it to sort of uh, winning little tiny contests around the internet who no one's applying for and you end up, you know, there's people who are professional contest winners. I yeah. just came up with an idea for a show. So there's this idea <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, going around and signing up for these contests that no one are really going to sign up for because they, they may not have been publicized as well as something on, you know, the radio or however. And it, they're tough to find, but when you find them, they're, they're it's like somebody dropped gold on your lap. Yes. But that's the pro that's the real issue I have is, I guess the best place to find these is the school is like the, is your high school. It is. And, and I'm sure now the other thing was, uh, and I've heard this from other people, you know, junior year and senior year of high school is not the only time you can apply for scholarships. No, it's not. Um, those are the years when they have the most scholarships that are going to be available for towards you, Mm -hmm. but they have scholarships for people in elementary school. They have scholarships for, People who are in middle school. It's a lot of different And while in college, right? And while in college, graduate school as well, professional school, returning adults, they have scholarships for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of scholarships out there. Is there like a a goal maybe you should set in your head like I should get at least five scholarships or I should get at least $15,000, you know? That would be good. Um, really, for a lot of students, the first goal should be, I'm going to actually go somewhere and pick up a scholarship application, fill it out, and submit it in. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of students, and that's the thing about these scholarships, a lot of students just aren't applying. They're looking at it just like you mm. said. It's a lot of work. I have too much stuff on my plate already. I'm in SAT prep. I'm doing these AP courses. Um, where do I have the time? So they don't. Scholarships technically aren't really a priority for most students. So then there are a few select students who come in there and they make it a priority for themselves. They swoop in and they win all this money. Then the people are looking at them like, how'd you win all this scholarship money? And we're like, we applied. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these people who actually are doing the work, are they getting like, you know, five plus scholarships? Like they're literally just getting a ton because they're doing it? It just depends on their effort. So if you are applying to a lot of scholarships, you're going to win a lot of scholarships, depending on how you're crafting your application. Like, of course, if with anything, if you apply to something, you do a crap job at submitting the application, then you're not going to really get it. If you're not, if you're sitting up there sending off incomplete applications, they're going to just trash them all. So they, you can say that I applied for five scholarships and I didn't hear back. So it's a bunch of crap. But right. You know, if you're not filling it out correctly, if you're not applying to the right places, then of course you're going to find yourself in that bind. Have you? you I'm sorry, sorry God, Matt. Oh, <laughs> we're twins. Potty jinx. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, threw me off. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have you had any clients or people that you've known who don't? They won't. You know, they've gotten a full ride because there's full ride scholarships. Maybe they're you know football players or or whatever. But have you known anybody who has gotten? their college completely paid for by a mixture of scholarships and grants just me you <laughs> really yes i went to school 100 percent debt free i graduated from the university of maryland baltimore dental school and i actually received ten thousand dollars back because i had more scholarships than what was needed no to attend shit yeah you got, you got paid to graduate college i did it was wow. nice <laughs> whoa i didn't know that they would actually give you the money back if you didn't actually it, use it. And that's why I tell everyone to do local scholarships. But it really does depend on the scholarship fund. Some of them will like send them straight to the school like in the form of a regular check. Uh -huh. So then the school kind of looks at that as, oh, you know, maybe it's like a relative or something sending it in. And mm -hmm. they'll cut it right back to you. It, it really all depends on the school. Some of them will say, you know, if you have too much scholarship money, then we're going to take our scholarship away or something like that. But I always tell people it's better to have more than not enough. Can you can you use the money outside of just paying for the classes? Can you other uh, scholarships or grants to use for you know food and uh, housing? It all goes to through the school first, okay. and then they send it to you at the afterwards. So after all your school bills, tuitions paid for, then they'll cut the check for you. And then you can use oh, so they're just going to be straight cash. That could be dangerous <laughs> for some people. But I mean, once again, a lot of people aren't really applying to a lot of the scholarships. So maybe someone, and like I said, the $10,000, that was over my last two years. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, I just got it all at once. It was just like, okay, maybe I got $500 this semester. The next semester I got 1200 Another semester I maybe got 2000 So it just kind of, you know, went in different depending on which semester it was or maybe which month if one scholarship took a little bit longer to come through, then they would send a different check off after I got some of the other checks. So uh, if I'm understanding correctly, it sounds like you were in college and still applying for scholarships yes. and getting them. Ah, <laughs> see, I thought it was only like a before college thing. I didn't even know no. that was uh... Yeah, I that's not earlier. Yeah, Sorry, I, I, I guess I, I missed that. 
Yeah, I, Matt talked about it. Um, that's why I gave the example of the college student I was helping. She was already in college, but had the 2.0. And I told her, you know, yeah. she should go to her college um, advisor, go to you know, just different places that are in the college that will have these scholarships. Because it's not a one and done thing unless you've won, like some people call themselves the people that won a million dollars in scholarships or half a million dollars in scholarships. But to me, it was always about not doing as much work. So then I would kind of just keep doing that steady pace throughout the time. And of course, you want to renew your scholarships. That's a big thing a lot of people don't do. They don't figure out how can you renew or how can I get this scholarship, not just for this one year, but for the next year. Once the scholarship committee knows you, they've already awarded you the, the scholarship before. They see you as a worthy person, a worthy applicant. So why not go back? And do it again. Seems like there's... I didn't even know you could do that, honestly. Yes. Uh, that was what I did with a lot of mine, too. So for some scholarships, depending on what they are, that's why I said you kind of really have to know. Mm -hmm. So some scholarships, I just would submit the same application package I did the year before. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. What? Other scholarships, you know, they might ask for like an essay, a different essay. So I just submitted it in. I followed all their criteria. Some of them asked me to like check in with them to, you know, just see, tell them how my... Um, how my time is going in college. Yeah. So as long as you just meet those minimum requirements, some of them just say, you know, maintain a 3.0 right. GPA. If you don't maintain that 3.0, they're going to take the scholarship from you. So really make sure that you're paying attention to those, what that criteria is for you to keep the scholarship and that you are able to renew it over the years. Hmm. This may sound like a dumb question. Nothing is a dumb question. Yeah, this, this one might be. Uh, can you apply for scholarships after college to pay for your debt? No. Unfortunately, these are preventive measures. Um, for right. after college, when you already have debt, they do have different programs, um, especially if you want to be in like the service industry, if you want to get into the military, Peace Corps, or if you want to do... Um, there are other, a lot of just different organizations that you can join and they have like student loan debt forgiveness even if you're a teacher you right, decide right. to sign up and be a, a science teacher or it's specific types of teachers or specific areas that you can sign up for for the program and after a certain period of time they'll forgive your debt but it's to me it's always like why don't you just do the preventive work up front so you don't have to worry about that because a lot of the programs are asking you to commit to doing 10 years or after 10 or 20 years then they'll forgive your loans like come on now how much of it have you already paid yourself and then you're taking these pay cuts to be in the service position yeah. just so that you can pay your debt back that's not necessarily the best thing i would just rather not have it to worry about it and that's the thing is it yeah that would be great in hindsight a lot of people don't know about all these scholarship offers or, or don't try because it's a lot you mean it's a lot of work how many scholarships did you end up having total throughout your entire uh career I don't know exactly how much, okay. but that's the whole thing I show people too, is that it's not just about getting, applying to a ton of scholarships. I remember I didn't apply to a ton. Okay. I might've applied to maybe five to 10 a year. Well, that so sounds that's like a not, lot. I mean that after, once I'm repeating say three applications, it's not a lot. Yeah. Once you, so you front loaded <laughs> the work. Yeah. But I mean. I tell people you really have to make smart decisions. I've come across people all the time where they've given up full ride scholarships or majority scholarships that they've gotten from the school automatically because of their athletic abilities or their GPAs hmm. because they wanted to go to a dream school that cost them $50,000 a year and that dream school wasn't giving them any money. 
So it's just like, you know, if you get the bulk of your money from the college, and each college is different, just because you're at the bottom percentage of a college doesn't mean you won't be at the top of a different college. You just have to find the college that really wants you and that you'll kind of be the overachiever, what your guidance counselors might call the safety school. Right. And then that's how you can kind of learn. I learned that because I had applied to three colleges myself and only one of those colleges gave me a package of scholarships that was pretty much at the same amount of the cost of the college. The other ones. That's the one you chose, I imagine. That is the one I chose. And I ended up losing one of those scholarships because I wasn't able to just check a stupid box. And after that, I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Never just enough. Always getting more than enough scholarships is going to be the key to me being able to not having to worry about this. And that's how I ended up with the $10,000 in the end. So that one at the beginning of my career, that one mistake really taught me the importance of going out there because like everyone else, I was just like scholarships aren't for me. I didn't win any that I tried to apply to. It's a scam. You know, it's too much competition. Right. But after I lost that scholarship, I said, oh, I have to get on this. <laughs> yeah. Have you, yeah I ha- need to figure it out. That's crazy. Have you heard of anybody who turned down a scholarship to go to stay maybe closer to home? Because they got maybe they got accepted with a scholarship to some really big college and they were just too afraid or, or di- didn't want to, you know, move across the country or, or whatever. Do, have you run across anybody who's done that? Well, I mean, people just, they really give up the big scholarships or the schools that give them the big money to go to schools that they think are their dream school. Yeah, That's so more so what it is. So it's kind of, I mean, it, I don't, it doesn't matter if the dream school is close to home or maybe the dream school might be somewhere all your friends are going or that has the best looking campus. But all those things don't really matter at the end of the day when you're paying back the debt. Yeah, you're right. So, uh... I got a question. It's a big one here. What's your biggest piece of advice for somebody getting into starting to to look for scholarships? Okay. Like, what's I the biggie was, one? What's the biggie? What's the biggie tip? The biggie tip is to apply to those schools that want you. Go ahead and apply to your dream school, but don't get hooked on that dream school because at the end, if you can't afford that dream school, you won't be going to it anyway. Mm-hmm. Then you'll and have all the gonna, debt. Yep, it's going to be a financial nightmare. Right. So really, don't get hooked on the dream school because it's that's exactly what it is. It's a dream. You don't know how it is. You, you've you never been there before. Um, you know, you don't even know how the campus is besides what they showed you during the orientation or that maybe some people have stayed over for like one weekend. So you really don't know what to expect. Um, you can make friends anywhere. A lot of people were big saying that they wanted to go to a Christian school. They have Christian clubs at pretty much all campuses. So you can find a little unique niche of people that you want to be around or that might fit you well. If you just kind of put in a little bit of effort, you might want to sign up for some of the organizations or extracurricular activities. But really, you have to, if you want to graduate college debt-free, you have to find those schools that are going to really want you um, based on where you fall into their scale. So mm-hmm. say if they accept students, their average student had a GPA of a 33 and your GPA is a 3.8, then that might be a school that might be a good fit for you. Now, when you, you got all these uh, grants and scholarships for your school, did you work as well while you were in school? No. So you were I able to... I worked a little bit. Okay. Um, like I picked up a summer job so every here and there. And there were certain things like um, they have odd jobs that you can do. So I was like a promo model for a while. Mm-hmm. 
um, just doing that on the weekend since it was so flexible. But like the some of the I went to the dental hygiene program and yeah. that was a pretty rigorous program. And they told us, you know, you shouldn't be able you shouldn't work and stuff like that. So I kind of quit my job where I wasn't, <laughs> I was enjoying that job, but I quit the job I was doing. It was really flexible. I was working for the government just to go to that school full time. Right. And then would just kind of pick up things as I went. So it was never anything that was as consistent except for the one job I worked in the government for a period of like six months. So it was like the beginning of one year right before I transferred to that school throughout the summer. Right. And then after the summer, it was just like, okay, I got to go. Let me go and do this. Everything else was just kind of here and there. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's sad. I, I feel like a lot of people are thinking like, God damn it. Like, like in hindsight, it seems like it would be, uh, you know, I wish you I could go back and do this. And, uh, you know, y- the idea that you didn't work during college, I, I feel like you got a better education out of it because you weren't so worried about, you know, making money while you were in school. You had enough to pay for it and all because you did the preparation work before going into it. And yeah. what, who's the person or what was the idea that got you to start doing this? Like, what was it? What was, you know, hey, you should do scholarships and it made you go and running off in that direction? Well, my mom was probably the one. She didn't tell me scholarships directly, but she pretty much was just like, you're on your own. Yeah. Like, um, I'm not signing for any student loans, so figure it out. And I was mm. just like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't like a, it wasn't necessarily a choice. It was just like a, okay, student loans would be easier. I could probably take some out, but my mom, I just always heard her mouth in the back of my mind saying, I'm not signing for them. You shouldn't sign for them either. So <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay, well, let me find, figure out something where I don't have to get these loans. And that was through the scholarship. So first through the school and then through the private scholarships to supplement the difference. Because a lot of times, Schools don't always give you the total amount that you need. Even if they do give you the total amount for tuition, you still have room. You still have um, house. You still have meal plans, and you still have books. Books are expensive. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, all right. So let's 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 uh, let me. You have. Uh, it sounds like with what you're doing with the consultation, are you helping people fill out the applications? The consultation port- portion yeah. is just to show you exactly, because a lot of people say, I just want to know where the scholarships are for me. Mm-hmm. So that's our initial phase. I tell you exactly where to go to the scholarships for for you. I ask you some questions that I have, very specific questions, because a lot of people will say, well, this is my situation, where are the scholarships for me? And I'm like, it's a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really diving deep. I'm asking you a lot of questions about you. A lot of questions that you don't think about in places that you don't think about looking like Matt earlier you talked about the golf a lot of people think a golf scholarship would just go through the school but they never knew about the golf organizations like how you found out about that at the beer area yeah like a, a, a beef and beer somebody yeah you know so I mean and it's like stuff like that that I'll tell people about I kind of have them I kind of pull it out of them by asking them those certain questions and they'll be like oh yeah I like that or oh yeah I was a part of this mm. And I'm like, okay, well, if you were a part of this, you need to go to this particular organization, ask them about scholarships. If they don't say anything about scholarships, you can ask them about other opportunities as well that they might not call scholarships, but it's still the same thing. They're still giving money to the school on your behalf. Say um, they got their list, you know, and they're going to they're gonna fill out all the forms, write the essays. 
Uh, I, I personally would be nervous that it would not be up to snuff. Like, do you, in part of the consultation, help proofread it with them? Maybe you know, review the essay, come back with suggestions. I do help um, the clients with the essay portion, but that's when that's a little bit further along. That first appointment that we do is sixty minutes. And really, I fill up the entire 60 minutes, just telling you all the places that you can apply and find scholarships that will be best for you. So it's really no time to re review the essay as in-depth as I would want to. So usually people come back and they say, you know, hey, can you review my essay? And then that will be something different. But sometimes if we have some extra time or so, or if I feel like the person might need like a area or some ideas of what they how they should craft the essay, like for instance, with the person who had the lower GPA, I was giving her more tips towards the end on how she should position her essay because if you have a lower GPA, some organizations might not necessarily want to give you the money from looking at just your GPA. You have to get them to look at other things like your passions, mm -hmm. your strong points, so that they can see that you're going to continue the scholar, you're going to continue school, and you're going to actually finish. Because right now, when they're looking at it, they're saying, okay, this person is just doing the minimum that they can do to get by. What's going to kind of be that thing that they that's going to get them to finish college? We don't want to give them this money, and then they drop out. Mm -hmm. So uh, how many sessions do you would you usually do with someone to, to get like, you know, from the consultation and get them through the process and and hopefully have them be successful? We, I have two different packages that set up. So we do a four weeks for just if you want to focus on the essay and where to find the scholarship. So mm -hmm. during that four weeks, we're actually doing a whole year. I'm showing you where to find them. We go back. We're actually filling out the essay portion together, brainstorming the ideas. Then I review it for you. And then we have another last session where we can go back in and just talk about everything, any questions that you might have on the essay, kind of review it again, make sure it's all in there. So it's like, it's not as much work because a lot of people do get stuck on the essay. So if I'm sitting there brainstorming with them and outlining how they should craft their essay, it's no problem. It's not taking them as much time as if they were on their own trying to figure out what am I going to write with this? Mm -hmm. So cool. it's kind of a give and take. And the 10 weeks is we just really work way more, so we're able to do more applications, we're able to do more essays, and we're able to do, it's a little bit more extensive for somebody who wants help with the entire package, so I'm able to actually review the entire package, see what you're putting down for some of the other short answer questions, or for how you're doing your interview, so they really prepare you for everything. Right. Shanice, where can people find, find you? They can find me online, www.debtfreecollegegrad.com, that's debt freecollegegrad.com Any social media? I do. I have Twitter at Shanice Miller S-H-A-N-I-C-E M-I-L-L-E-R underscore Nice. Uh, underscores at the end? Yes, there's underscore at the end. <laughs> Someone already took my name. There's another Shanice Miller out there. <laughs> I'm sure she's not as helpful as you are. Oh, I really, thank you. No, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you've enlightened me and Andrew, and I really hope you enlightened a lot of people who listen to the show who are uh, maybe in high school, because we do have some high school listeners out there, and people who are in college, and they should definitely go out and start doing some sort of search or, or contact Shanice and get some scholarships uh, so that you can maybe graduate with some extra cash in your pocket and no debt. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. 
Thanks so much for having me, Matt and Andrew. I really appreciate it. So guys, if you have any questions about this, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the show, please subscribe via iTunes, or you can subscribe on Stitcher or wherever else you prefer to listen to podcasts. Uh, but definitely subscribe so you get an episode every single morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please, if you if you don't mind, you can leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And I want to read a review right now from Encrypted from Canada. Yes, we have Canadian listeners out there. Uh, life-changing, five stars. Matt and Andrew are down-to-earth, real people with real advice. I love listening to their show every day on my morning commute. I've listened to all their episodes, and it's changed the way I approach money, investing, budgeting, and life. Thanks for everything you do. Keep it up. Great work. Thank you so much for that. Incredible. And these are kind of reviews that I, I you know, they, they're life-changing for me. So I just keep them coming. I really appreciate that. And guys, listen, go to listenmoneymatters.com for more information. And Shanice, thanks so much again for being on the show. Thank you. It All was right. so much fun. Oh, totally. So thanks again, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later. Later.